0: folks, welcome to the show. Today we speak with Lily Wu, a startup mentor and co-founder of WoW Pixies. Wow WowPixies is a social DAO that invests in women and diversity-led projects in the NFT ecosystem. Lily talks to us about her experience as a female entrepreneur, how WowPixies is focused on helping create opportunities for women in the crypto industry, and tells us what to look out for next in the NFT space. I hope you enjoy the show. Please note that this podcast does not constitute financial product advice. You should consider obtaining independent advice from a financial advisor before making any financial decisions. Lily, thanks so much for joining me on today's show.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, as I mentioned, you know we really like to learn a bit about um, the people behind these projects. And I'd love for you to tell me a little bit about you know, your background, how you came to crypto and how you came to building this really interesting project.
1: Yeah. So I guess I grew up um, with a very artistic background, both my parents are artists. And so I kind of grew up not interested in anything business or technology related. I actually wanted to become an animator um, out of high school. But actually, like during that period, it was like during the financial crisis, my parents, um, had to shut down their galleries. And I just always felt like art was not a very viable option in terms of a career path. And so it was during that time that I actually got into entrepreneurship um, where I started like arbitraging these Adidas Jeremy Scott um, shoes, which I basically imported from the US. And so by the time I finished high school, I'd actually made around half a million dollars yeah, just like buying and selling shoes. And it got me really wow. interested in business. <laughs> yeah, it was it was really crazy. Um, and everything was bootstrapped. Like I just kind of tried to use my common sense to kind of start the business. And so I guess after high school, um, when I went into university, I started a second business which was called Austin International, basically like running career boot camps overseas. So I ran that for five years, um, grew it also to seven figures, bootstrapped and um, eventually exited and sold off parts of that IP. But um, that was really interesting for me in in merging um, kind of the creative thinking skills. And um, it made me really interested to see, first of all, um, how to solve interesting problems and um, how to, and then it got, got me exposed into kind of the tech industry as well. Because during those um, five years, we would work with a lot of companies that were tech startups, but also corporates to kind of experience what it was like um, to work in both environments. Mm. Yeah. And so um, eventually I moved to Singapore. And um, during that time, I was kind of the head of programs for a tech startup called New Campus. Um, And that was really about designing kind of a program on interdisciplinary learning. Like, how can you apply, you know, concepts and mental models and apply them into different areas? And that was kind of the basis of how I kind of distilled creativity. Um, And then eventually I I joined Stripe. as a startup partner lead working with different startups so uh, building out the startup ecosystem within Southeast Asia. So it kind of sounds like a whole range of really random <laughs> experiences. Um, and I always had difficulty seeing how I could piece together things that I was really passionate about in all of these different areas, both in art, um, and that sense of being able to apply the creativity that I've, I've gained in art and how do I apply that in business but also how does that apply into technology and Mm -hmm. so um, I guess I've always heard about cryptocurrency since you know 2015 when through my company we had worked with a um, crypto one of the very early crypto startups but I guess I was just never a very um, just never really interested in trading um, and and wasn't that interested in kind of the DeFi aspects, but when it came to NFTs, I found that it was like finally a space where I actually understood also because I'm a very visual person. So it's great to kind of see, um, you know, pretty pictures. (laughs) That's (laughs) what it it started off with. Uh, But it was also a way for me to finally merge my interests of art, of technology, of business, um, all together mm. and so you know i was just like an observer and also a purchaser um for in in the last year but yeah it was nfts was something that actually got me interested into cryptocurrency rather than the other way around
0: yeah i mean and i think that's one of the interesting themes that i've been talking to a couple of different people about which is that nfts have really opened up. Um, the the well diversified the audience I think for crypto as a technology, right? Um, so yeah, I'd love you to tell me about before we jump into your project. You know what was it about NFTs? and you you mentioned the kind of visual aspect, but what is what are some of the things about NFTs more generally that you find really interesting? And uh and yeah. I guess what my my guess is that they <laughs> they then led you to coming you know bring bringing our well, pixies into the world. But yeah, if you could tell me a bit about your your insight yeah. into NFTs
1: sure i think what the most interesting thing about nfts to me is the shift in the business model um, i think it's a way where people can finally value creativity as something that's viable as um, an option to make make money essentially because you know you always have this stereotypical trope of like the the starving artist starving musician <laughs> it's just in society, it's something that's not ever valued. And I think, you know, with NFTs, um, because it is, you know, verifiable um, on the blockchain, it suddenly becomes this um, space where a lot of opportunities can now exist where it didn't exist before. So, for example, if an artist decides to create a collection, like if my dad wanted to previously sell his art, He would just have to sell it once. But now if he wants to um, create his own NFT collection, he can now get all of the secondary royalties um, from people buying and selling. And I can see that not just applicable to art, but in so many other different aspects. And to me, NFTs in the future may not even be a trend. It may just be like kind of like a web page where anything can... Like it can be anything; it just has some sort of um, ownership attached to it. So, for example, you know, those—I um, see this very applicable to like luxury goods, where um, right now a lot of these brands hate it when when people resell their stuff on the secondary market because they can't capture that value and they don't know um, where it's going, and it becomes like this whole um, almost like a black market kind of thing. But, you know, in the future, if um, you're not using just like a piece of paper as an authenticator, you have to sell both the NFT and the physical product um, in order to verify that it's authentic and it's real and Hermes or like, you know, Chanel, one of those luxury brands can also capture some of that secondary transaction sales. Um, Then it's kind of a very lucrative business model. And so. Um, it really also shifts um, people from being a consumer and being a very passive like observer into someone who is very invested into the success of this business or this creator. So I just think that, that that's super interesting um, to me.
0: Yeah, I think you touched on some interesting points there. From my perspective, in particular, this is the breadth of applications, even in even in the arts full stop but yeah. more generally you know i mean you're right nfts it's a it's a buzzword it's another way of saying um blockchain or smart contract or whatever the the word <laughs> yeah. is we want to talk about you know the, exactly. the 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 technology stack right and so so and that's hard for people to get their head around in fact i think we need to start evolving the language a little bit yes um f- you know so that we can be more specific in in terms of when we're talking about nfts as um yeah profile pics okay sure or or digital art or um, when nfts are like rappers you know because i've seen nfts be be used as rappers in in DeFi projects and so yeah i mean the language is so broad and we need to kind of get a bit more specific well let's talk right. specifically about your project then so you, know, you got really fascinated by this space and you felt like it spoke to you tell me about well tell our listener as, as well about Wow Pixies, because I've, I've been to your website, I've read the white paper. I mean, I've got a view, but I, I think it'd be great if you could tell me in your own words uh, about what Wow Pixies is and what it's trying to do.
1: Sure. I guess, um like you were saying, NFTs is such a broad space. It literally can be anything that is a non, like a token, um, that <laughs> you really have to narrow down what it is about it that you care about. And you know, a lot of people in this space, it's about flipping, it's about making money, which is great. Um, but for me, it's really about where I can, you know, finally I can participate in something and put my money where I value. And that in its entirety is is what um WoW Pixies is really about. So we are a social DAO, a DAO being a decentralized autonomous organization where Um, community members use the NFT as a voting power um, in order to make decisions in the direction of where this kind of organization goes. Um, But we invest specifically into women and diversity-led projects. And so in the past one year that I've been in this space, which is not a very long time, but I just have been very attracted into um, purchasing up A lot of different projects that have been women artists, women founders. And I just found that they were so, just so undervalued. You know, you would have CryptoPunks or Bored Apes or literally any other project. It would just, you know, fetch ridiculous prices. Maybe not ridiculous, but like, I don't know, this whole space, the amount of money that's in it is ridiculous to me. But um, women led projects have fundamentally always been extremely undervalued. And I think that's kind of reflected in the real world as well. Um, because I currently work a lot with VCs, a lot with accelerators, I'm in the startup ecosystem for the past decade. The reality is that the people who have these this kind of power in making investments are usually wealthy white males. And there is kind of this, um, you know, uh, unconscious bias where they tend to invest into things that they are familiar with, and so statistically, it's just atrocious in terms of um, the amount of money that's put into women-led startups is only two point three percent, and this was like a biz- Harvard wow. Business Review statistic.
0: Th- that's across all industries.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like VC funding mm-hmm. um, into mm-hmm. women-led startups, and it's kind of this cycle because the less funding that's put into women. Um, startups it means that they have to be a lot more resilient and they probably bootstrap it's kind of this cycle Um, but the ones that do end up getting funded have statistically had a hundred percent more return and so um, when I look at this new space where it's not controlled by a small subset of people from a certain demographic but actually we have the power to also put money where we want to put it in um so for me since i'm already very passionate about this particular area i just wanted to support like other women and to me i feel like um it is a good long-term bet because usually when they start these projects it's for a certain impact and certain cause and so especially with the nft space with the amount of fluctuation That it has on a daily basis. You really need to know your why in order to even like survive through the bear runs, um, where it can be months on end, which is a very long time in the NFT world. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, these women have also had businesses for the past decade. So I know that, you know, even in this kind of, it's just kind of a new medium for them in order to um, grow like their own mission on what they want to achieve. Um, And so, yeah, that's why for us, we are more like an amplifier of other communities and other NFT projects um, and helping uplift these projects, but also as a gateway to onboard more women into the space, because the reality is still the reason also why um, these women projects take longer to to actually see the prices increase is because, you know, more than 80% are men in the space. So usually people like to buy things that they can relate to or that they have cultural reference to. Um, And so we need to, but the moment we onboard more women into the space, then that will kind of change that dynamic.
0: Yeah, it's definitely male dominated. It's a really interesting way of thinking about it. What one, just just so we can reverse back a little bit, just just explain for me. So, you guys, and tell me if I'm wrong here. Actually, so you guys are a, a DAO, but are you investing in just NFT projects, uh, or are you investing in broader uh, projects in the in the crypto space, or are you investing outside of the crypto space with the with the proceeds of the DAO?
1: I think right now we're investing mainly within the NFT space, but eventually we're going to diversify the verticals into other spaces as long as um, they're women-led as well. Mm-hmm. So, for the time being, we're just starting with NFTs.
0: So, in in you know, manner of speaking, you're 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 somewhat of a, a decentralized VC for for women-led projects.
1: Yes, um, but we have to be very careful about that, just because. Um, right now, with the whole legal compliance of DAOs, it's seriously the wild west. And because this is a podcast, maybe my words will kind of, you know, extend into the the future, and um, we just don't know what the implications are at the moment. So that's why we're kind of also seeking legal advice. It's one of the challenges navigating the space. Mm. Um, so we don't also don't want to become a security. So we've been kind of more careful on how we word what this is. Um, mm-hmm. So I would say it's more like a, yeah, like a social DAO that it does invest into women projects. We, all of our gains kind of go back into one building up Wow Pixies as a project, but second, in order to also help and amplify um, other projects and be, kind of become an extension of their communities as well. So for example, People who are within our community who want to, for example, be a part of the World of Women community or the Boss Beauties, they might, might not necessarily be able to afford their prices. Mm. Um, but by having it within our Dow vault, um, because they do a lot of things like airdrops, they do a lot of things um, like free mints, we can then distribute that um, kind of like airdrop or raffle out these um You know, free airdrops or free things back into the community as well.
0: That's really interesting. Well, you've told us a little bit about the regulatory challenge, but what other challenges, you know, have you faced while you've been building this project? Obviously, in the middle of a hype storm, um, and you know, in a a rapidly growing industry, tell me about the things that have been really hard and really uh, tricky to 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 navigate.
1: Yeah, I think um, the thing that's pretty difficult is trying to balance your short and long term vision and the reality is that within the NFT space people are always watching for example your floor price and it's easy to kind of um, get into what you're saying like the hype cycle and kind of the all the short-term marketing type of things um, and I definitely hate it like when projects over promise and underdeliver. so trying to balance the fact that we don't want to Um, over promise, but also we want to keep the community engaged and interested and also simultaneously trying to build um, for a more long-term vision and pathway um, has definitely been kind of an interesting challenge.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And, And just on community and DAOs more generally, you know, I think one thing that people talk about is kind of fatigue, right? And it's it's a really tricky thing with a DAO because you get energy um, in those early days and then you need to, well, that community, you need them to be engaged with you, right? Especially if they're kind of voting on, on things. And so, yeah, what are the kinds of things that you found as you've gone through this journey building a, a DAO and, and, and what, what has worked, what hasn't worked for you guys in terms of the community?
1: I think our community, um, first of all, is to really highlight what the vision is and be very um, transparent around what um, our doubt is and what it isn't. Um, and, the thing, and the second thing is that we um, try to engage the community um, through the various different talents. We try to engage them um, by doing highlights of some of the really interesting people within the community as well. Um, and then, in terms of how our DAO is structured, so 80% of our primary mint goes into the DAO, 75% of secondary goes into the DAO. And so, how our DAO currently works is that everyone can put in their proposals, um, everyone kind of gets their voice heard. We kind of create this research proposal sheet of all of the different types of um, projects that are out there so that people can also get educated about what um, who the what the project has done, who the the uh, founders are, etc., And then um, they can kind of like vote within the discord as an emoji vote. And then it gets um, narrowed down by kind of like a committee. And these are, these people um, are people who specifically hold a certain trait of the NFT. They're the ones who narrow down the proposals before, and then everybody kind of votes on it. And so, um, I think a challenge is like how do you get people super engaged into voting? And so we're just experimenting as well um, on how mm. to do that, whether it's giving out perps when whenever they do a vote and maybe in the future they have some sort of utility. If you vote enough, you can kind of, um, you know, cash it in for something or exchange it for something. So these are just like some things that we're trying to design Um to keep people engaged and to want to come back um and and contribute as well
0: yeah that's really fascinating i think there's so much <laughs> so much experimentation going going on right now in 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 that arena as well um, you know i'm in a i'm in a bunch of different uh discords and uh and yeah it it, it becomes challenging i think just as a participant to to you know be to be fully across everything, so it sounds like you guys are doing some really inter- interesting things there. That that's that's really exciting. Okay, well let's just broaden out now. I mean, we've talked a little bit about how you came into um, crypto. Where do you see? We 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 have touched on this a little bit, but where do you see I- NFTs going? Uh, and what are the kind of cool projects you're seeing um, in in the space at, at the moment? Maybe you could even tell me about some that you you guys have have um, participated in and and supported.
1: Yeah, I just think that um, right now, NFTs is so, so early. And so I think um, in terms of NFTs, there's just so many things that need to be built in order for this ecosystem to really thrive. And, you know, I don't doubt there are a lot of um, possibilities and there are a lot of challenges as well. For example, you know, um, with this kind of Wild West opportunity, there's a lot of scams as well as Artists getting their their um, stuff stolen and and having fake projects and it just proves to me that you know the space is so early that they it just really needs someone to build out just basic um, like identity layer for example in order to verify that this is your your collection or maybe it's um, more like on chain generative art uh, or music rather than just the token pointing to a specific picture, if that makes sense. Um, but beyond that, I think as the space kind of grows, um, I'm really excited to see the other use cases um, aside from art, from music, from gaming, um, which are often the trendsetters to bring mainstream into the space. But also, you know, can we use it in um, in housing or in manufacturing? Or in like these other kind of industries that may need this kind of transparency and accountability um, within the business model as well. So that's kind of where I see it. Mm.
0: Yeah, the kind of bridging from well, the mer- merging of on and off chain worlds, I guess. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Well, look, I, I think you've identified some of the big challenges that the that the industry faces, and I and I and I I believe that a lot of those problems will will be solved, and there's hu- huge amounts of effort going into building some of these these bits and pieces thanks so much for for sharing some of these uh these ideas with me lily it's been really great having you on the show before you go i'd like to ask you a couple of quick fire questions and you know you can just pass on any that that you you don't have an answer to but um, sure. I'll, I'll shoot some over to you here we go okay all right what crypto are you keeping your eye on right now
1: um honestly speaking I only keep um, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and like some of the most basic um, crypto. So I don't have a really good answer for that.
0: <laughs> that, that. That makes sense. Okay, cool. What's your favorite Australian crypto project?
1: Um, I, I guess the mo- most recent Australian crypto project that I have been using has been Immutable X, which is kind of like a layer two for NFTs. Um, on ethereum and so i was part of the gary v book token um, and he designed the whole like games on immutable x which i thought was a really great experience because it was like no gas fees it was um, very fast to trade so I, i do like that they're building this new infrastructure for businesses for nfts
0: i actually had robbie on the on the show um from immutable uh so you have to go back and have a listen to that one as a plug for the for for listeners Um, okay cool so what is your top bit of advice for someone new to crypto and nfts
1: i think this is a lesson that i had to learn but i think um, first of all is to really do your research but also to really pay attention to security before you need it and i think um growing up in the web age I just haven't been that mindful of security until now just because, you know, if someone hacks into my Facebook, like big deal, I'll just shut down my Facebook or restart a new one. Um, But now there is just so much money involved that you just have to be super educated about um, how you keep your crypto, like, you know, not using the same passwords, having a hard wallet. So um, I think those are also important to learn kind of early on in your journey.
0: Fully agreed there. Okay, last question. Can you describe your avatar or what you would like your avatar to look like in the metaverse?
1: I think I would just like to be kind of an alter ego myself, but, you know, really badass female something. It could be a cat, could be a... <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, just something really badass. All right.
0: All right, let's make it so... <laughs> all right, Lily. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, sharing, you know, your time with us and our listeners. It's it's been great having you on the show.
1: Thank you so much, Jonathan.
0: Thanks everyone for joining me on this show and for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe and review on your podcast platform of choice, and we'll make sure we take you right to the edge of the crypto frontier. And remember, you can learn more about all things crypto by visiting kraken. slash learn. Until next time, I've been Jonathan Miller. And this has been the Crypto Frontier.